Hello, welcome to Circuit and Gear, a podcast where we discuss scenic automation and other interesting tech. I'm Gareth Connor. I'm Steve Nath. I'm Mike Wade. I'm Christian Bassey. Harry Beauregard. And I'm Zepp Elkerton. Holy moly, we've got quite a gang here today. And Zepp, it's your first time on the show. It is indeed, Gareth. <laughs> Fantastic. So glad that you could take some time to to put the cans on, step, step up to the microphone, and uh, record with us. Um, since you, this is your first time, why don't you tell the people a little bit about uh, what the heck you do here at Creative Connors? Well, I'm an automation support technician here, so I often am in conversations with customers trying to help them solve their automation challenges. But that's not just all I do. I build machines. I do inspections and QCs, help with repairs, and whatever whatever anybody wants me to do, really. Sometimes make videos, <laughs> right. sometimes go on site. Sure. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, especially these days, there's a lot of different chunks that you're doing. Right. And uh, where did you, you came to us right out of school. Where was, where'd you go to school? I went to school at Michigan Tech up in the UP of Michigan in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and, I, and you and, did you and Breezy actually go to school together or are you just at the same school but at different times? We were at the school at different times. So there was we had a lot of mutual friends. So a lot of people that he went to school with were like graduating right when I came in. And so we have a lot of mutual friends there. Nice. And you were studying theater up there or something else? Yeah, yeah, theater and entertainment technology. And then I had my focuses in, in different engineering. So I had a little bit of electrical and mechanical engineering coursework with my theater degree, making automation an awesome fit. Nice. That's great. Cool. Well, I uh, I was hoping what we do on this episode today, just for folks to, to synchronize your calendars, uh, today is July 17th. Um, and the last episode we actually recorded and published, uh, well, we, the last episode that we re recorded was back in mid-March, and then we published it, I think, like in eh, June or May or something. Um, and uh, obviously, there's been a lot going on in the world. We're um, full tilt into the uh, pandemic at this point, um, and I thought it'd be good to kind of catch up and bring the group together. And talk a little bit about what we're doing and the challenges we've faced and how we're uh, coping with all that stuff and, and kind of what's going on. Because uh, we haven't had an honest look at that in uh, several months. Um, so I just thought it'd be a, a fun conversation uh, to, to dig in. We It will not be your kind of typical automation show. We don't have a, as many of those kinds of stories, although we do have some. Uh, but then there's a lot of, uh, a lot of just kind of social catch up about what's what's going on at creative Connors. Um, so we got a little list here. Uh, we were all sharing the Google doc and um, I, everyone's chucked in some notes. I thought, let's just kind of take these things as they come, uh, see what everyone's got to say. And then I'm sure we all have little bits and pieces to, to chime in there. Um, Steve, you've got, let's go to your stuff first. What you have a brief meditation on the notion of being out of things to do in quotes, which is, <laughs> which is, that's an interesting one. Yeah. So, uh, as we talked about on the last episode, I was in, uh, I sort of handle the, the balancing of the workloads here in the shop. And so with, when the COVID-19 pandemic sort of became real and we got the, the incoming deluge of, uh, rental cancellations and postponements and things like that, 
the there was I think a moment at the shop where we went uh oh we're out of things to do and everyone sort of put their hands in their pockets and sat down and went well that's it pack it in <laughs> right exactly 16 good years that's <laughs> no. Yeah. I remember specifically like you, me and Belle for having that conversation like first week of March of just like, I think we just, we just got to close it up for now. And it's like, I, I don't think that we should do that. We should try to let, let's see what else we can do. Right. Right. Which was also sort of, which is really sort of the interesting thing is that for, for at least like myself and I think for Gareth and I don't really want to speak for anyone else at the moment, but that's such a lie right to sort of cut to it is that like well what do you mean there's nothing to do right <laughs> yes what you really mean is that there's like no immediate orders to work on right, right. exactly and, and that for a lot of people especially more production focused here it became like a like a threat to your identity of like well i make machines there are no machines to make i am without purpose right and that so we and that was exactly it, is we had a, a conversation uh, where sort of Belfer and myself were like, well, I don't know, we don't have a lot of production stuff to do. Maybe we should, you know, hibernate or whatever. Uh, and we, you know, I think we all sort of left that conversation. We slept on it and we came back and we were like, or, you know what, screw that. Let's just, right. why don't we do things instead? Right. Why don't we do, even if no one is buying the thing right now, what can we do to either make more things or better things uh, or just new and exciting things? Uh, yeah. Cause to set that backdrop a little bit, like the um, right around the beginning of March. Well, I think we got our first like job cancellation, like in January, right? Like Cody was slated to go to Korea. Oh yeah. Uh, right. Mm -hmm. And to go install a kinetic art, sculpture thing and that got canceled in january and then we had another job that was supposed to happen in germany right harry you were slated to go to germany yes yeah yeah i had the uh tickets booked and everything and then right a few weeks before they were like yeah we're gonna cancel this whole huge event and that was february that, that got canceled or was that march i think that was early february yeah yeah early february right so there was this kind of domino effect starting to happen already but it was definitely happening with our uh foreign jobs more than the domestic ones at first but they just kind of kept falling 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 and i remember talking to like our accountants and our bankers and they're like how's it going and we're like ah well it's all right i'm saying well it's you know it's it's not great but it's not it's okay like we're you know we're losing these jobs but there's still other ones that we're, we've got i think that the u.s stuff still looks okay for now and then shortly after that you'd be like well the u.s like shows are all canceling but we still think we've got like these u.s permanent installation jobs to do and then like <laughs> those would get canceled i i'm only laughing because like there's only you laugh or cry right like and <laughs> those jobs got canceled um and then pretty soon you're there was by that by second week of march the job board was done like <laughs> there was it was tumbleweed on that and that i think like you're saying steve that was kind of the initial reaction we had was like you look at the job board and you're like all right I guess that's it, right? Like, what, yeah. do, what do we do? That's We always take our tasks from this list and we then proceed from there. And that list is now empty. No, e exactly that. 
and it sort of we we you know we had that moment of like all right well, well let's fulfill that this last contract and then I uh, you know lay everybody off and call it you know call it good uh, right and then switching back around and being like well or if we can do more things like we're not you know like there's there's money electricity like we haven't you know lost the lease on the building yet what could we do right was yeah. what you came to with us came to us with at the start of that next day it was like well what if we flip that around and look at what what could we do and so that led to sort of two interesting things in terms of the concrete we you know we sort of drafted that list that i think a lot of our scene shop friends know about like well okay you can actually clean behind the screw bins and we can take all the metal recycling to the scrappers and we can yeah uh, maybe build some new shelves take inventory right. and stuff like that but that is a very finite list and is very and is ultimately fairly short and so it, it is yeah and if, and, and if you have everybody focused on it it's amazing how clean you can get the shop in a couple of days <laughs> <laughs> right yeah and then after that you're like well i don't think we sweep again because yeah. we just swept yeah yeah exactly uh, and then so it was like well okay like what other things what other things can we do we have these sets of skills we have these personnel uh shortly after or like not shortly thereafter but a little while thereafter there was uh payroll protection money coming in it's like so what do we do with this we have this opportunity what are we going to do and then so we looked at uh lots of other people have these things on their list but we looked at sort of finding other applications of our skills in some novel and interesting ways that i'm excited to talk about uh, but it did also lead to what I'm what I call the workload paradox, which is for with a room full of people s- still kind of glum, like oh, I guess I can sweep or whatever. Uh, my days were getting increasingly out of control, busy and taxing. Yeah, and the reason is because if like without the job board to point to. Someone has to, like, generate this work, document it well enough for people to do it, and then confirm that it is done and provide support to it. And so a lot of the design group were like, oh, sweet, we can work on design. There's still work for us to do. There's always new things to make. Yeah. In our, in our imaginations where it doesn't cost any money to buy the material. <laughs> and, no, you're absolutely right because – and we'll talk more about the specific money side in a bit, but the, you know, once we had the PPP loan in place, um, you're like, well, we have money for people. We just can't buy things. So anything that we can do that's like time intensive, but doesn't cost much in materials, like, like design stuff. That's perfect. Yeah. And it was, it was a great opportunity to, again, when we could like open that up and say, well, okay, we can pay people to do things like learning maybe people could learn things. And so right. like, we, we had some level of like sh- quality of life upgrades. Like some people designed uh, like new shelving in the cabling area. Uh, our machine, Breezy, our machine in the machine shop was able to like really dive into making fixtures and new machining strategies and really break in the Haas station so that when the orders come in, we can now make, you know, dogs in one quarter the time or whatever which is some really cool stuff uh 
And we, as we transition into doing a different flavor of work in the machine shop, we had to do a lot of process backend work and sort of document what we do, what standards we try to hit, what levels of quality we try to hit, what, you know, like, what is our actual thing? Like, what is our shop tolerance? What sorts of things can we do? And how do we document that for, uh, for like a, in a sort of job shop way, which was also, again, very la- uh, like labor intensive, but we didn't, we didn't buy anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, no. Okay. And we were, and I was going to say, then we kind of ran like that for, I don't know, three-ish weeks or something, because it was like from mid-March to the beginning of April. Um, like, so like two and a half, three weeks, something around there. Um, and that was before the PPP money showed up. But... Um, but we still had like a little, you know, we had a little bit of a war chest and we had some ideas of what to do. And then the right at, I think it was like April one ish. Um, cash was disastrously low and I pulled the plug and said like, all right, we all gotta, we gotta step away for two weeks, like furlough the shop, shut it down, um, just to conserve cash. And then, and I got to work out how we're going to get more money. And so everyone took two weeks off unpaid at that point right mm-hmm. and you said you had something cool that you did on your un- unpaid vacation time yeah so and i'm definitely interested to see what sort of everyone else did so i think we'll probably just do a quick around the horn uh but for for me i was lucky enough i have a, a now 17 month old daughter at home but i was able to uh barter with my wife to let me still have to like use that time as if i were working with some caveats. And so I was able to, I started taking some programming courses. Uh, and then also I put in my time, uh, working on my house, which is in mm. increasingly better shape <laughs> as a result. <laughs> nice. But it, but it is a lot like, I mean, literally like breaking concrete with a hammer outside and like shoveling and stuff like that. So it was a nice sort of balance. I was working on some, uh, some angular framework stuff, a little node JS learning about oh, web cool. apps, and then I would break rocks with a hammer. So it was a nice... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, diametrically opposed exactly, task. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, what did... Uh, how about the rest of you guys? Like, so, Harry, what did you do during the furlough? Uh, I So I've recently been getting into a lot of climbing, rock climbing, and gym climbing. Um, gyms were obviously all closed in, so I just started getting outside a lot. Uh, kind of fuels my need for hands-on rigging that I don't get these days designing a lot. So get outside and climb a bunch of boulders, climb some cliffs. It's a good time. Nice. Christian, what do you do? I was a little uh, different. So I uh, during that time, I actually wasn't furloughed. That was uh, Cody and I were continuing to work on uh, our next, the new control platform that we've been working on for forever. Six weeks is how long we've been working on it. No, no, it'll be ready in six weeks. (laughs) It's always going to be ready in six weeks. Just six more weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Right, that's right. So you were, because I, I mean, I was quote unquote furloughed. I just stopped paying myself as soon as things got started to get messy, which started happening more like in February. But then um, I was coming into the shop every day working on on a, a different software project. And then you and Cody would come in and or Cody would wake up and go to his desk in his house and you would come into the shop during that time. And that was actually kind of a weird 
<laughs> for I thought for us, it was a weird I mean, a, it was weird because we were the only two people in this giant shop. Mm-hmm. But then I felt like the the lunch options were particularly weird. I was just going to say, yeah, we increasingly had nowhere to go. It right. came down to like one place. Right. <laughs> and then there were none. Yeah. <laughs> like <it> was, <laughs> as it, everything just started shuttering up. Yeah. Mr. Zepp, how about you? I ended up doing a little online Python course to to brush up on some programming that I hadn't done since school and working to up those skills to be more flexible here and other options, which I then took and used uh, to build our, our cable tester for our, our new West Coast rental office. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell, let's take a little side detour there on like what, because that was kind of a cool little project. Speaking of like inventing, not inventing, but like the projects that we never have time to do and to suddenly we have nothing but time to do them. What what was the skinny with the cable tester? What is the cable tester? Let's start there. So we have a bunch of custom cables that, that we have here for our equipment that nobody else uses. And we thought it'd be a nice way to have a convenient way to plug them and make sure all the all the conductors are properly connected into the cables. And so it's a little little microprocessor controlled um, PCB designed by Christian to to run um, to check our cables. And so it was a fun little project for me to get my you know hands a little wet and some programming and up those yeah. skills. Yeah, that's cool. So that's the furlough thing. Why don't we uh, let's get on to Christian's segment next? Because Christian, you've got you touched on it a little bit already, but what were you? What were the things you achieved in those times? So that was uh, we were making a lot of really actually making progress on. Um, so what our replacement for the stagehand is going to be, and uh, it's uh, <laughs> been talking about it for forever and working on it for forever. But actually, <laughs> right, right before fur- furlough, we had actually started making real progress on it, and uh, yeah, continued that. And then also you started chipping it. So the thing that I was working on during that time and have continued to work on since then is um, our, we have a software package called off the shelf, which is how we run the manufacturing portion of the business. And we've been using that internally for 15 years, but we took this time to kind of spruce it up and make it into a web app um, that other, I mean, it's always not always, but it has in the last decade been a web app, but make it into a web app that's actually fit for public consumption. Uh, so that we can offer it to other small manufacturers to also help run their businesses. And you started helping me with that when I was, because I think similarly to like the just six more weeks, I think when I started on that, I was like, yeah, it should be done in about three weeks or something. It has been four months. Uh, yeah. Because during furlough, you were working on the uh, sub product or yeah, building the sub products. And you're like, oh yeah, this will be a couple of days. uh, i think that alone was at least three weeks yeah turns out that that's a pretty complicated uh feature (laughs) right yep yeah and so you started chipping in on off the shelf as well i don't remember when you cut over but there was at some point that i was like hey we should we should yet again put the next gen stage Mm -hmm. hand on hold because i mean you know looking at it from a business perspective 
and looking at the entertainment industry, like I really would love to get the next generation stagehand done, but I'm also realistic that I don't think anyone's going to be super interested in that stuff for mm, like a year. You know, it's like in that kind of time horizon and we got to find something else to make money before then. Yeah. And OTS, that's always fun to work on too. So, yeah. All right. I'm just looking, scanning down. The, so Christian, do you have other stuff that you want to specifically talk about or we'll just keep looping you in obviously on the other things too? Uh, yeah, no, nothing super specific. Just nice. Well, you had, yeah, I was going to say you had cats that you had <laughs> integrated into <laughs> Spike Mark. Uh-huh. And OTS, <laughs> but you continue to make me take it out of things. <laughs> yeah. So Christian found this like little ping of a of a cartoon cat and uh, keeps sticking it in the software. And I think <laughs> mostly just to see if I'm actually reviewing the code. Cause it's oh, like, right. Because that was the other thing is I had been working from home. And uh, oh, yeah. And I increasingly added the cat to things because <laughs> nobody was noticing. <laughs> Or if they were noticing, they weren't saying anything. Right. Because you just like post your screenshots and your what did I work on today thing. And mm -hmm. there'd always be more cats in there. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I guess nobody's looking. Yeah. I noticed and appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is a funny part. Like having worked on just on the software side for the last four months, like it definitely feels like you're working in a hole. Like uh -huh. you do all this work but it's all in your own headspace and you like sometimes write up these really long posts and there's just like zero response to anything. You're like, I don't know. Maybe people are seeing this. Maybe they're not. Maybe somebody cares. Maybe nobody cares. I don't know. I'll just keep going. I'll just chuck in more cats. Yeah. That's, I think that's the answer. Cause now we're talking about it. So <laughs> nice. And, and that was a really strange transition because for a brief uh, moment, uh, all of the design folks when we came back were remote and that was a sort of changing from the day to day we had experienced before of being in the shop all the time. So it was, you know, and, and we had seen that before in the sense that Cody was always a, a remote employee. So we kind of understood what that took, but until you experience it yourself where you're just posting into the void and you're like, is this, does anyone care about this? Are they reading it and just don't feel compelled to respond who's to say i'll just keep working i guess yeah no that's right so like again to kind of like put this in the time perspective so by mid-april uh we were back like the almost all i think all of the staff was back by mid-april we had our ppp loan um everyone was quote unquote back but not most people were not in the shop. We were obviously trying to thin out the who would actually be in the shop and limit that down to just only the people that needed to be here. And so we had suddenly a, a lot more people as remote employees, um, like you're saying. And, and that it was it was a it was weird on all sides. I mean, it was I'm sure the most strange for the people who are shifting to remote, but it was also pretty weird in the shop to have the place be so vacant except for those like once or twice a day when you would like uh, get on a, a big video call and you're like, Oh, there is everyone still out there. Huh? Okay. All right. Yeah. People are still waking up. Those big video calls were excellent at the beginning. <laughs> I, I assume you're being sarcastic. No, they worked flawlessly. 
everything was perfect. Everybody obeyed the lines on the floor. There was no feedback. Oh, I see what you mean. Any communication problem. <laughs> well, that's true. We, we did get to use that old trick of like putting the, the sight lines, taping them on the floor. So it's like, ah, if you're not, if you're in the cone, they can see you on stage. Except it was, if you're not in the cone, no one can see you on the webcam. Right. Yeah, but the lines were pretty well ignored. Yeah, just like they are on stage. <laughs> no, I think they were, they were, yeah, exactly. They were, they were conscientiously ignored. Like they were deliberately like, I want to be just outside a screenshot or I'll put my foot inside of the cone of inclusion. Hey, we belong backstage. <laughs> Even you which makes don't want like, to see me. <laughs> which makes those company phone calls pretty funny when everyone's just like out of camera shot. Camera shot. Yeah. Couldn't find our light. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right. So I'm looking down the list here. Do 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 oh yeah, so Zep, you've got a you've got a couple of things in there. About once you were back. One thing that happened with the support folks not to put words in your mouth but uh there wasn't as much support and there still isn't no why don't why don't our customers have trouble with their machinery right now i don't <laughs> i don't understand because it's all working flawlessly yes that that must be what's going on <laughs> nice work guys keep it up yep actually i really miss you call me <laughs> but anyway that's right and you can reach him at yeah. yeah, yeah, it's Steve's number. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, we we took that time to to work on on trying to figure out how we could help our customers better. And maybe Mike will will join me here a little bit. But we we worked really hard to uh, to start putting out some better documentation. So one of the things that happened was we released the Spike Mark Four manual. Almost in time for Spike Mark Five. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's only it's only six more weeks, right, Christian? Six more weeks. No, that one's going to be Spike Mark Six in six more weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. We did we, but we did actually finally get the Spike Mark Four manual published, which is pretty awesome. It was only like eighteen months in the making. It looks great. It really does look great. Yeah, I mean, I know it took a yeah. long time, but it it it's worth the wait. It's a page turner too. Uh, and then we did some some we started working on videos to to show off all the all the cool cool features of some of our our new smart machines and some of our old reliables to to make it more available to see all the nifty things that you may know about or you may not have known about and want to dig more into. That's true, Mike. You had like a a huge list of videos that you guys were working on. Yeah, we. I mean, we started talking about it, you know, in like in seemingly normal fashion. We we're like, yeah, yeah, this is going to be pretty easy. I mean, I think we can do this in like three weeks. It's about three weeks. Who's, Everything's about three weeks. Yeah, yeah, it's about three weeks. And um, and I think what what nine weeks later, ten weeks later, we we finally. Well, I mean, not finally. We managed to we managed to actually run through the bulk of our list of videos that we that we wanted to put out. Um, it was pretty impressive. We. Um, Zepp and Rada in the shop busted out some, you know, made a TV studio in one of our <laughs> less used spaces and, um, and did some great work, which is pretty awesome. And that's all up on a the... look at our YouTube page. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Right. Yeah. YouTube, the YouTube channel has gotten 
a ton of love recently and you guys did really nice work it looks awesome thanks i mean zepp and rada were you know certainly up there making it all happen you know making it happen with the camera and with the words and steve pitched in on at least one of them as well so it was good the dulcet tones of steve oh yeah (laughs) nice and then harry it looks like you've got why don't you take it from here pick up the next section yeah, uh, I was I was lucky enough to have a project that carried through. Um, we we had gotten an order before the pandemic hit um, for some spotlight and practicals, um, but with the added caveat of um, now that's our smallest hoist um, that we, they wanted to have power down the line as we already have, but additionally um, a circuit of data. Um, so we were been working on developing a design for uh, a lifting hoist with power and data all down a single cable. Um, and Steve had kind of done a bunch of the legwork attempting to do an iterative design on that before. Um, and at some point we sort of looked at the, looked at where we were getting, trying to do two drums and a couple cables. And we were finding that that was, um, maybe not tenable long-term. It was, it was just a little bit tricky working around the parameters of the existing, um, hoist. So then we started to really go, go back and blow up the design and be like, well, maybe, maybe a yo-yo drum with a flat cable isn't, isn't the approach we want for this new improved version of the spotline practical. And we're looking at helical drums with round cables, with multi-conductor cores and lifting medium and all kinds of different vendors. Um, but it's kind of funny that we, you know, tried out a bunch of different iterations. I drafted up at least two or three different conceptual models that were reasonably detailed long. And then, you know, after, after some good hard looks during design reviews, I think we all kind of came around to the point where it was like, nah, I think, I think where we were going with the yo-yo drum and the flat cable was actually, um, a really nice, it, it, it adds a lot of mechanical simplicity to what is in some ways a very complicated machine, especially on the, on the electrical, um, side of things, or at least for a, a hoist that's lifting a, you know, a small light, try and keep, keep the mechanics simple to, um, you know, give yourself the greatest uh, chance for success and not having to deal with uh, all the challenges of f- whether it's a f- uh, zero fleet or a right because it's inherently zero fleet, right? Like, yeah, yeah. We got some drift as the, the Nautilus expands and contracts, but that's that's easy to handle as opposed to spooling round electrical cables. Not that to say we haven't done that before on some custom jobs, but if we can avoid it, we choose not to reeve cables into machines <laughs> that was actually the first project <laughs> right exactly yeah i think that the where you landed with the spotline practical is pretty cool though because it's it, it is at its heart kind of of the same original concept but then it not only does it add the data line down the wire but it's also quite a bit more stout in its lifting capacity yeah yeah so the 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 practical v1 had a 15 one five pound capacity i I stole your line sorry gareth (laughs) (laughs) um and and granted there's some great great pieces of that so we kind of kept the same concept as you mentioned and but went to more of a water jet tab and slot really stout frame and now we have a 40 pound lifting capacity um third party engineered and all kind of more of a similar form factor a lot of our other hoists and machines so you know you see a lot of the same details that that have worked well for us in the past and why are a lot of our customers like our products so it's it's a it's a stout stout little guy and we got the the first model uh just wired up yesterday i think um so we'll start testing that next week and looking forward to getting them in action and proving them out yeah that's 
it's awesome. I, it is really nice. I think just to have some, have an honest to God new automation machine in the shop right now, just with everything else that's uh, that we're scrambling around trying to make best use of our time and, and, and pivot a little bit into some other areas. It's also really heart, heartwarming to be like, ah, and then there's just like a, that's, that's a real, that's a machine. Like that is what we do. That's our bread and butter. It's, it's fun to see the thing I was laughing about with the, <laughs> the 15 pound capacity one five mike do you remember <laughs> i'm sure you remember like having to clarify that all the time on the trade show floors about like oh my god yes <laughs> you'd, like, you'd, i'd kind of slur 50 it. yeah oh that's great 50 no no, no, no one no, no. five one five <laughs> yeah and then the, you get the kind of head cock you're like really 15 like yeah yeah but I got to say, on, on this this process, I mean, I think the the one of the benefits too, as as Steve had mentioned earlier, about every, a lot of the production folks having a lot of bandwidth, if you will, right now, um, it's it has been really great. I think collaborative, iterative process and like really fast cycles. I mean, for the the enclosure, I sort of just worked up a rough box of like, here's what I want this to look like, and Jess just took that that envelope and ran with it and you know did a bunch of acrylic mock-ups on our laser to check out component layouts and how she could nest them all together as nice as possible so we get that nice tight package and and i think the the you know the finished product looks really good and has benefited from that yeah. kind of solely focused approach and and similarly like breezy when as we've been going through the first um you know fit up is is you know taking notes and and we have the benefit of some time to like well this part you know this part does it but it would be a little bit better if we did this or we could shave some weight if we switch to this instead of that and put this lightning detail so it's been it, that there's one one benefit in the in the process is just having people like really go all in on this as as we've been working along so definitely appreciate that yeah and i think that process has been working really well of on the enclosure design side of like having just take it in physical mock-up and, and work out the component layout. Like we've been doing, we've done that on the last couple of go rounds and it seems, I don't know what you guys think, but that seems to be like a pretty good method so far. Yeah. Here's the schematic. Here's the bomb. You tell me how you want to wire it. And that way I don't have to hear that. I put things in a bad place later. <laughs> right. Right. And it's like why it, it, I love that aspect of having the laser and stuff too, that we can actually just do it, like make a physical 3D shape and and skip over the, well, let's imagine where we should put the components and then try to stick them in there and then find out why we were wrong. It's like just kind of make it and refine, make it, make a full scale model first and then we'll, we'll derive the drawings out of that. Yeah. And I, and like, I had to say, I had to like fight the impulses, like on the design brain side of things where you just want it to be so and perfect the first time in your model. And then, but you know, Jess rightfully so was just like, just, just tell me where, where, what size you need and where you need the connectors. I'll figure out all that stuff. And I'm, and then she just worked through a bunch of different variations. Cause it's, it's just really hard to, to know all the implications of, oh, I shift this component half inch. Oh, but now these spade bit connectors just don't quite, you know, so actually I need to go another eighth back that way. And it's like, that's so much easier when one person can just run with it, who's also the person who's putting it together, as opposed to me trying to intuit what what an electrical fabricator would want. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's really cool. Yeah. Looking at your 
you had a couple other things in your list too. Friends in the industry section. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely through the the whole pandemic, I've been appreciating sort of touching base with a lot of friends uh, who work in theater or events or live entertainment in general. Um, and it's really been useful, I think, for you know all the mentally destabilizing reasons that this you know pandemic has been causing. Um, and granted, a lot of them are now unemployed, but I think. Um, you know, just kind of having a network of people to to check in and on on a, like a weekly basis. I've just been doing a friends call. has been been really great. And if if you have that network, it's I think that's like such a valuable thing, especially in this time. Um, but it's also been really inspiring to see how people are pivoting already. Um, whether it's you know friends, I had a friend who's you know she was a, a associate technical director, got laid off, and has had a passion for kind of grammar and punctuation and proofreading, and has just started her own LLC to do proofreading on, um, you know whether it's someone's manuscript or technical writing or whatever. So uh, you know just finding seeing the different ways in which you know people's varied skill sets are being you know repurposed um has been cool and then like a lot of shops you know etc and others pivoting towards ppe and um i know like our our friends at all access have started doing drive-in events um and other kind of guards and barriers to to you know keep work coming in the door um there's another one another uh Empire Technical Fabs that's doing a bunch of dining modules for all the outdoor dining in New York. So it's it's pretty cool to see how people are getting creative and that we you know we have all these skill sets and they can be readily applied across other areas. And we've been certainly no slouch in that regard as well. Um, getting into the face mask business, the developing our own software and uh, picking up some machining work on the side. Yeah, no, it's definitely true. It's a time for everyone to be nimble. I think, you know, we've all talked about this privately, but it uh, it's a theme that I can't get out of my head, which is just that it's uh, like, I have no doubt that the entertainment world is going to be fine in terms of like uh, the art form will continue, right? It's been through much worse things in the history of man, but the uh, history of people, I should say, but it's been... Uh, but it's not going to be quick. Like it, we're it, and the companies that rely on live entertainment are gotta gotta shuck and jive for a bit to try and find something else to do because there's not. It's going to be a while before we see live events. I mean, there's a whole class I think of events that are potentially never coming back. Like the as we see more and more of our corporate customers that are able to do non-live events, you know, do recorded webinars and so on, but to like really great high polished production value that actually work better and have no health risk associated with them and are cheaper. That's a hard thing to imagine those events coming back. Like, you know, concerts and theaters, I'm sure are going to, that's all going to be coming back as just as soon as it can. Uh, but some of that work that we've relied on for decades, um, I'm not convinced is ever coming back, you know? Yeah, Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's tough to be, to see your friends kind of going through that for sure. Um, so just try to, you know, try to talk through and they, they got ideas about what they're doing. Like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I'd, I'd, I'd be interested in that. And I don't know. Anyway, yeah. any way you can. Yeah. 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 I think, you know, I think, uh, on, you know, on the, on the, on the adjusting to a new world, do a new world order. It's been, it's been a challenge to, to kind of balance, you know, not only two adults, but now one child all working, all working remotely at home. That, 
the end of this year was a little was a big deal. I think we we pushed the limits of the bandwidth of our uh, of our <laughs> of our high speed internet. Oh, internet, yeah. And yeah, yeah, is we learned we learned that more than two people doing a video call then nobody's video call worked. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny you say that because I was just talking to our accountant last week and he said the same thing like that, like more than two is the death zone. Like that's where. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, you know, and I, I we came, we, uh, we left it, you know, I've been working remotely for four years and, um, and we, we left New York city and went up to Maine and we are up, I'm actually here right now, and we've, we got internet up here, and it's the same thing. We can have two video calls, no problem. The third one, no bueno. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were joking, too, that, like, one thing you never really expected out of all, all of this is that somebody in the household would become an IT admin, right? You're like, dad, 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 I need priority on TikTok. <laughs> Get me into the router. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if, I mean, I've always been the IT person in our household. I don't know about you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I just have never had to do so much network config. Like, no. <laughs> like, like, give me your, give me the Mac address of the device that you want to have priority here. I will take care yeah. of that for you. You know, like not things I ever thought I was going to be talking about it around the dinner table. Like, but, right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's time to it's learn very, new things. Very, yeah. It's time to learn new things. That's right. You know, and I also, also learned, you know, I learned some valuable lessons in the first couple of weeks there. I started, I shifted my work schedule to earlier in the morning to, uh, to try and apply some PID settings to our family <laughs> schedule. <laughs> Take the oscillations out. <laughs> Take the oscillations out. And and it was, you know, like like most PID tuning, it was sort of successful. Right. Some of the time. Exactly. Yeah. It, sh <laughs> it shakes uncontrollably at times, but yeah. <laughs> right. Right. But the only way you're going to do anything about that is just pull the plug, you know? <clears throat> um, yeah. Where's the e-stop for this? <laughs> Oh God, there's no button. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, I think, I think, you know, take it, the other parts of it, right. We're, you know, trying to just trying to keep, you know, I'm trying to keep positive and, you know, keep my, keep my head up and, right. you know, check in, you know, you know, it's, it seems every day as I think you alluded to, you know, it's like, we just watched, you know, we watched the, the live entertainment industry just continue to, you know, to adjust the goalposts to when they think there's going to be a performance again. And, yeah. you know, and that was a little, that was a little tough to, that was a little tough to swallow, you know, for, you know, following, I mean, I don't know, you know, cause it kind of hit me in the world of like, well, you know, I actually, I, I worked in a theater for I don't know, a whole pile of years. Right. And I was like, Oh, Oh shit. Like that is, that is the end, you know, as we're like, that is the end for this year. That is the end for this season. You know, when is the thing coming? And, you know, we just, I mean, I don't know. I watched some of the, some of the off-Broadway theaters in, in the city, you know, be like, yeah, we're going to, you know, we're going to come back in September. And then like, well, maybe it's going to be October. Right. You know, it's probably going to be like February. Right. So that was, it was, uh those were moments of, for me of like, Oh, Oh gosh. Yeah. What else are we going to be doing? <clears throat> yeah. Um, 
you know, and like trying to, as Harry said, you know, checking in with friends and, you know, seeing, you know, seeing how things are going and who's doing what. And, you know, that is, you know, that is keeping those connections is really important. Um, you know, and in a non work world, it's very funny. Like, I don't think I've ever in my entire life, or at least my life after being like 10 years old, I don't think I've talked to my parents as often mm. as I have in the last, you know, couple months. It's just, yeah, it's very yeah. funny. <laughs> it is funny. Yeah. Um, you know, and then trying to, and keeping, you know, keeping, trying to keep our eyes open, right? And like, well, Pete, Pete and I are, are scheming and trying to, trying to point towards, you know, work things that we think might still be there. Right. So, you know, opportunities. Um, and, you know, and we've been, as we touched on, right, we've filled, we've filled the lack of phone calls and, and questions about IP addresses with, uh, with documentation about IP addresses and, um, yeah. and done all these videos and we still have more coming. Um, and for me, and, you know, it kind of, I think in my, one of my bigger picture questions here is, is reevaluating what our automation seminar is. Mm. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's pretty like, I mean, I enjoy doing them. I know that you and I have talked about, you know, like in the moment, it's very exciting. It's the, it's all of the, the cacophony that surrounds getting prepared for it. That is a challenge for yeah. me. Um, you know, and so we're, so I'm working on figuring out, I'm kind of updating that and um, trying to identify what parts of a seminar we could, you know, potentially make available, mm -hmm. right? Publish on, on our YouTube page. And, and could we actually, could we actually make the automation seminar a thing that we do remotely? Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't know. Not a hundred percent sold, but I'm also not a hundred percent against it. Um, you know, it seems like it seems like it could be valuable. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like it, but I think it could be. But it's a cool opportunity, and I think then all of the payoff with all the stuff you guys are doing on the support side, to my mind, is that you're now it's it's always available on demand when people need it. Like it's no longer you know, not, not that it will completely replace talking to someone on the phone or having us there in person, but it's so, so great to have this library of information that people can go peruse and pull from. Um, I think that's awesome. I mean, obviously the, the world's been doing that and other things for quite some time, but it's like, we've giving us a chance to catch up on, on creating the content, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's just six weeks. Yeah, six more weeks. I mean, it should, should six be more much, weeks should be pretty much wrapped up. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, wrapped right up. <laughs> it'll be good. <laughs> N plus six. Yep. Yeah. Well, it'll always be six more weeks. Cool. So, Gareth, what have you been doing? Uh, for the most, I mean, yeah, it's, it's been, a, it's been a crazy time. Um, just like it is for, for everybody else, uh, different, different levels of crazy or not levels, but different sorts of crazy. Um, you know, it's like trying to steer the business through this has been, it's been a little nutty. I mean, it, we've certainly had our share of ups and downs before. Um, but I think this is, you know, unequivocally the, the leanest time that we've seen, 
Um, well, it's certainly the leanest time we've seen at the scale we are today. So, it, uh, you know, the way back in March, it was just a, a scramble to try and find the cash to keep things moving. Like I have made mistakes in my life before where I've, I've cut down too quickly and then really regretted it. And I did not want to make that same mistake again after having spent so many years, like, building up the staff and building up the facility that like you want to really try to try to keep it together with this hope that like just over that next ridge we're gonna be able to make some make some profit again um but uh you know and the ppp loan was a huge uh a huge relief and it bought us like a good eight weeks of of runway which was awesome um but mostly it's just been a kind of a challenge of like keeping your head straight day by day and not getting too caught up in like what's coming up month by month holding the emotions in check uh yeah like keeping the anxiety at a at a workable level and then also just like not yeah don't get ahead of yourself right it's like yeah you gotta it will take it as it comes like it's uh hard to plan for what's going to happen in the fall or what's going to happen in the winter i mean it's it's funny the number of phone calls and they've they've toned down recently but like right at the beginning of it, I was taking three or four calls a day from various people that were just like, how's it going? What's your forecast? What's going to happen next? What all the, all this stuff. You're like, I, who the hell knows? <laughs> like, this is like, you tell me who thinks they've got a handle on what's going on right now. And I'll show you a liar, you know, like it's, <laughs> it's nuts. So, um, yeah. So, so the, just keeping the business afloat obviously takes a fair amount of the time kind of shucking and jiving to, uh to piece it together you know trying to limit how much time we have to stop paying people for which is always sucks uh to do and we had we've had some layoffs as well so we had a, we've trimmed four positions out of the staff which is always heartbreaking because it's you know people that not only is it like stuff that you've worked hard to try to build up to but i mean these are people that you work with every day and it sucks to have to look them in the eye and say you know it's sorry but you gotta we're going to have to part ways just because we can't afford it right now. So that's always, that's always tricky, but you know, you make those choices and try to keep the business as healthy as you can and move, move forward. Um, but then beyond that stuff, I've been really focused on off the shelf, uh, which again is this manufacturing software that we've uh, built up over the years. But it's, it's funny, like once you turn your sights towards, this is going to be for public release. The the number of things that you're like, oh my god, we can never show that to people. Oh Jesus Christ, that's a that's a train wreck in there. Like you know, it's, it's just it's like company is coming. Like oh heavens, like it was clean <laughs> enough when it was just us. <laughs> exactly. I don't mind living in my own filth, but I don't want people to know I live like this. Yeah, <laughs> it's in a ton of that. Um, but on the, it, it's been for me, it's been super fun. Like that part of it, because a I, I have taken more time to do something technical than i have in years and ultimately that's actually what i really really like to do is to work on technical problems and that's been a huge uh joy for me to be able to focus in on that and it's also been really fun to watch this product take shape so relatively quickly i mean i know that four months doesn't necessarily sound quick but when you've been (laughs) working on a piece of software like picking at it, you know, in little fits and starts for 15 years, four months seems really fast. 
it's looking really cool. I'm I'm really enjoying working in it more now. It seems really easy to to navigate. And I know Steve was really excited about the update feature. He could see see when somebody updated a sales order. Yeah, yeah. And there's lots of little quality of life improvements like that all over the place that we've. Uh, I, I mean, I I only half joke, but like the my wife's been making masks um, and selling them. And so she started using the software to track her mask production and keep her inventory correct and all that stuff. And she was, this was like going back two months or something. I kind of onboarded her into the software and we just about stopped speaking to each other. Well, really just, she stopped speaking to me because she was like, this is, this is so annoying to use. I was like, oh my God, (laughs) I, my wife won't even tolerate this right now. So um, luckily it was all just like, I mean, it, it was all things that, were relatively easy to fix once you could see somebody struggle with it, right? It was all about like smoothing out the data entry process and getting it faster to manipulate and stuff and making things clear, adding labels where there were none. Because like if you know where the bodies are buried, you just kind of step around those graves. But uh, when somebody doesn't know, it's, you know. Anyway, it shines a light on it. So um, it's been a lot of work and it's been kind of nonstop. I haven't really taken a day off in four months. Um, but that's also been, I mean, I also just kind of like it. I mean, I, I like work and so it's, it's a different coping strategy, um, to, to keep, just kind of put your head down and keep moving forward on a, on a project like that. And, but it has the added benefit of like, I, hopefully this will become a commercially viable and, um, and it feels good to see it just about ready so um by the time this goes live actually we'll be uh we should be past like the either past the beta tester stage or just like at the tail end of the beta tester uh stage um and ready to to launch so do you have a launch well, date 28th is the uh tentative launch date yeah july 28th not six so. weeks six weeks yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly so, yeah, yeah, that's that's what I've been up to. Well, thanks to everyone for tuning in and listening. I hope that this was uh, it was good to catch up, and I think it was certainly cathartic for some of us to catch up. And uh, we will catch you all next time. <laughs>